Deathwatch. I'm playing Oscar Herman, uh, a vet from World War I who has recently been recruited by the FBI to go looking into a, uh, a strange group of people or organization that they fear might be uh, up to nefarious deeds. My name is Travis, and I'm playing Rob Wolf. Rumble Rob was my ring name, Missouri heavyweight champion. I even had a path to squaring off with Jack Dempsey and maybe snatching the National Boxing Heavyweight Championship belt. But all that changed because, well, when I'm feeling a little more honest, I might lay it out in these pages. Let's just say I took a hit that had my number, and my chin ain't been the same since. Now, I'm almost 40, and I break my back for who I can, when I can. I don't really see that changing anytime soon. But it's like they say, it ain't over until the bell rings. Mm. And I'm John playing Tony Ray Spates. I was a uh, Boston police officer was up until the strike of 1919, where uh, me and my fellow officers had, had striked for our union to, for better, better wages and benefits. But alas, the chief commissioner or the commissioner and the uh, governor didn't want us back. They hired a bunch of new officers, and now I sell myself as a bounty hunter that also dabbles in the spiritual. Okay. So, Tony, we'll start with you. Three weeks ago, you wait patiently in a comfortably padded chair in a massive library. Shelves line the walls all the way up to the vaulted ceiling with hundreds of books of every size and sort. Rolling ladders allow access to all the shelves. There's a blaze in a fireplace large enough to stand in that bathes you in a warmth that's a welcome reprieve from the New England February weather. On a small table rests a drink left by the aged butler that had escorted you through this mansion, and aside from the crackle and pop of the fire, the room is completely quiet. It's this it's the quiet uh, a silence that's not possible for people who live in Boston with your means. But this house is enormous, and all of the sounds of outside are blocked out. Uh, one of the doors opens, and a man appears. He's a small man, slight of build, but with a healthy countenance. His sharp features are accentuated by thick glasses that he wears, and his suit looks like it costs more than you make in a year. But for all of that, it fits as if it was made for somebody else. He doesn't smile as he extends his hand to shake yours. And when you look into his eyes, you're taken aback. You can't quite put your finger on it, 
but there's definitely something strange about his eyes, as if more than one person is looking out of them. Mr. Spates, thank you for coming. I am Professor Frederick Thomas. Time is short, though, of course, that is relative, isn't it? I'd explain it to you if I had more time. He gestures to the chair that you were sitting in, and he seats himself in another. The butler, whom you did not even notice entering the room, appears from behind him and deposits a glass of wine on the small table next to him, along with an envelope. I'll get right down to it, Mr. Spates. I've asked you here to hire your services. I understand you are in the business of tracking down people who don't wish to be found. Recently, a man was hired on to my staff in the kitchens. He was more than he seemed, and unfortunately, he made off with something of incalculable value to me. I need it back. I don't have any care whatsoever about the man himself, you understand. He can ascend to heaven on a cloud or fall to the center of the earth for all of me. But what he stole, I must have returned to me. I don't know his real name unless he was foolish enough to use it when he applied. He went by the name Felix Tarame. He immigrated from somewhere in Eastern Europe, by my guess. I will pay beyond handsomely if you can recover my stolen property to me. What do you say? Well, I appreciate the offer, Professor. As, uh, you know, I, I know that it would make things a lot easier if he had used his real name, but uh, as you pointed out, that's probably not what happened. As, uh, do you mind describing this object? As, uh, I'll gladly find it for you. Uh, yes, of course, I will give you a description of what he stole, but only after you've oh, agreed gladly, to work for me. Gladly track down your missing item. Thank you. So he reaches to that envelope and he hands it to you, and uh, it's got a, a goodly bit of cash in it. And a he says, this is a retainer fee. And then he explains to you that what was stolen from him was a book, a book from this very library. And it's a smallish book about the size you would, uh, of those pocket Bibles that people carry. And it's got a black and red cover. What's the uh, title of this book? It has no title and it has about 300 pages, but it's completely blank. It's a black and red cover. Um, any designs, anything that, uh, other than, other than the colors that make it stand out? No. There's no no writing on it or in it, but you will most certainly know it when you see it. Do your do your staff or anybody working for you do they live on the uh, premises here or do they uh, live off site? Oh yes, yeah. So this is a, a an enormous mansion. This guy's just insanely wealthy, and so yeah, you you know he's going to have a large live-in staff there. But that was three weeks ago. And so you agreed to track down this Felix Tarame for him and, and retrieve the, the book that he stole. It's T-A-A-R-A-M-A-E. Okay. Was there anybody, anybody that you saw that uh, was friendly with him? Um, anybody that trained him? As, uh, and and uh, do you mind if I have access to to the bunk rooms and the, the other staff. Yes. Uh, whatever you need, anything you need for your investigation, you can interview all of my staff and Mr. Gordon here will facilitate that for you. And he's talking to the Butler. So time jump, you began your investigation there 
and you did all the investigating things and you started following the trail of this man that you have been tracking based mostly on his description because as you've moved almost straight west from Boston through southern New York State, he's nobody's recognized him by that name, but you found enough clues here and there to continue the investigation and follow the trail and that has led you that led you to small eastern Pennsylvania town of Stowell and that's where you are now and right now you find yourself sitting at the table in the kitchen of a woman named Petunia Brizendine who runs a boarding house here and you're at this kitchen table with two other boarders that you have become friendly with in the two weeks you've been here. One is a big German looking fellow, uh, as muscular as you, but half a foot taller and with a face that looks like he uses it to drive railroad spikes. His name is Rob, but people call him Rumble. He's an ex-boxer, according to him, and that's not hard to believe. The other is a handsome man younger than you and Rumble by a decade by the calendar, but not by a life lived, judging from his eyes. He's a soldier, he'd said, who fought in France. He says he's a writer, a traveling writer doing research on small town America or something like that. You don't believe him, but you also don't detect any malice in the lie and instead just a desire to keep a secret of his own. And you don't begrudge him that. It's not your business. And besides, you like him fine. You're all seated at the table in Petunia's kitchen because it's breakfast time. Only Petunia isn't there. And there is no breakfast. So you've followed the trail of this Felix Terman that brought you to this small town. And some instinct tells you that he's here. And you did some searching around like you normally do to see if he'd moved on. But you haven't found signs. And you haven't found him yet. So you spend your days going about the town, talking to people, trying to determine where he might be hiding. It does seem a little odd to you that Petunia isn't here and hasn't provided breakfast. But overall, a missed meal isn't going to kill you. Today, you had planned to visit the police station, and then after that, the courthouse. Now we'll move over to Rob Rumble Wolf. So, Rob, you um, will go back in time. You lost, and there's a man, an old man. He's yelling at you. He says, you lost because you're a loser and a coward. Don't think I don't know it. You was born a loser. God reached down from heaven the day you was born and flipped the switch in you. <laughs> Turn the dial all the way to zero, and he ain't never changed it since then. He left it so only you could change it, and I taught you how, and you had it made, and you turned it back, and don't think I don't know it. I know what it looks like when a man loses his nerve, when he suddenly woke up and realized that it hurts to get punched in the head. I know what it looks like when a man gets knocked out, and I know what it looks like when a man takes a fall on purpose. Get out of here. I don't ever want to see you no more. Shame on you, and shame on me for pouring my heart and soul into you. That's Joe Thompson screaming at you, and you can do nothing but listen. None of the words that you might say in defense of yourself will come to your lips, even if you could speak. The large form looming behind your trainer with a raised pistol would keep your tongue still. Joe can't see the man behind you because you're having a flashback, and he doesn't realize the danger he's in, and you can't tell him. The fight plays again in your mind. Blow by blow, you see all the openings the other fighter leaves, but you don't take them because out of the corner of your eye, you always see that inhumanly large form looming over Joe with a pistol and an eyebrow raised. The face is impassive and featureless except 
for that raised eyebrow, as if he's saying, do you want me to kill him? It makes no difference to me. You've had this dream hundreds of times now. You're almost to the end. You feel the other fighter's fist connect with your chin. You know it's just a glancing blow, but you have to fall anyway. You don't want to, of course, but you have no choice. You look over at Joe in your corner. For the first time in your entire career, he's silent as he watches, his face betraying his confusion. And then it happens. Something breaks. Something inside you with a snap that almost seems audible as your opponent's fist makes contact with your chin and somehow you don't need to pretend as the lights go out. So you wake up, leap to your feet, before realizing the fight is over and you aren't in the ring anymore. You're in the room you rent from a kind old lady named Petunia Brizendine who raised 12 children and turned her sprawling home into a boarding house after her husband died and her children all moved away. You move the curtain aside and look out in the early morning light. A couple hundred yards away, there's just enough light from the rising sun to see the recreation ground, which is a large playground with swings and merry-go-rounds that the kids use. And right past that is a rock face that rises a couple hundred feet in the air. You're drenched with sweat as though you really had been in a fight, but you know that it's too late to go back to bed now. You can hear rustling from the room next to yours and hope that you hadn't woke them in your thrashing about. Stowell, Pennsylvania, a nice small town that's quiet despite its prosperity. You've been here for two weeks and could be there for another hour or another year for all you care. You'd come across riding the rails in a northeasterly direction from St. Louis, a direction chosen because that had been the direction you happened to be facing. You were able to quickly find work at Al's Best Automobiles, fixing cars, and then a job in the evenings washing dishes at Mother's at Mother Baker's Diner. Out the window, you can see the backyard of the house next door. A pretty blonde girl of eight years uh, steps out wearing a brown dress and no shoes. She has a basket in her hands, and she jumps from the doorstep, skipping the two stone stairs that lead down to the soft dirt of the yard. You watch her wince and turn, but too late to catch the screen door from slamming closed behind her. She waits for the shout she knows is coming from inside the house her mother telling her for what must be the thousandth time not to let the door slam. She shouts back an apology and then wheels around and skips across the yard to collect the eggs from the chicken coop nestled against the back fence. Rosemary Ellis is her name. She had taken a liking to you almost immediately, peppering you with questions whenever she spied you in the back chopping wood for Gladys, or for uh, Petunia. She always hides extra eggs for you in a spot where the Fence doesn't quite meet the ground. You told her she doesn't need to, but she said a man as big as you can probably eat a lot of eggs. And she's right about that. So as you watch her carefully place the eggs in the hole next to the fence, you suddenly realize that sounds you have grown accustomed to are absent. By now, you ought to be able to hear the sounds of Petunia in the kitchen making breakfast for the boarders. But as you strain your ears, all you can hear is the chickens and birds outside and rustling from the border in the room next door, which you know to be Oscar Herman. Uh, you know, she goes to church three times a week, but today is Saturday, so that doesn't explain why she's not there. And then Oscar. Oscar, you had joined the FBI right after being discharged honorably from the Army after the armistice was signed in 1919. And then immediately they put you on special assignment 
to infiltrate, join a secret society and determine if it's dangerous to the public or the country or the, or, or the country's reputation. And in the course of that, you made contact with a man named Walter Jones, who is presumably a member of this secret society, which goes by the name Wipers Pals. And uh, Walter Jones had sent you to a town called Stowell in Northeast Pennsylvania. And he had said, here's your chance, kid, if you want to show what you're made of. We've heard the whispers that something is happening in a sleepy little town in Pennsylvania. What rumors, you want to ask? But you don't want to ask that, kid, believe me. Questions at your early stage just never come with the answers you hope. They'll just get you all balled up, and we don't want that. Not with a kid with your potential. Walter pauses and takes an intense drag of his cigarette. The tip flares brightly and momentarily illuminates his worn, stubbled face. Even in that brief moment, his eyes never stop their scan of the darkened bar. This is a man who knows how to survive because he's had no choice. Anyway, I could explain it to you until I'm blue in the face, and we could keep this bull session going until the joint closes, but at the end of it all, you wouldn't believe me, and I wouldn't blame you. This stuff is the kind of thing you gotta see with your own eyes to believe, and even then, most people still don't believe it. But you're here because you know that there are things in the world that hide in the dark corners. Things that can't be explained, but more importantly, things that got no business being. If you didn't know that deep down in your gut, you wouldn't be here wasting time talking to me. Walter finishes his cigarette and stamps it out in the ashtray. People who want to do what we have to do have to bring some skills to the table. Now, you showed your good in a fight over in France, so that part at least we're pretty sure on. But the rest is up to you to show us. Go to Stowell and sniff around, see what's what. If there's things that should not be, put an end to them. Walter stands and straightens his coat, scanning the darkened room again. One more thing, and this can be considered a friendly inside tip. Don't ever work alone when you don't have to. If you find people that can help you, even if they don't know exactly what they're helping with, use them. So Walter turned in without another word and pushed through the crowd to the exit, leaving you alone at the table. And now you find yourself sitting at the table in Petunia's kitchen going over in your mind the response that you'd received from Walter Jones when you sent a report to him after you had been here one week. The report, which came through on a telegram, or the response, just said, they could be good assets, keep looking, something there, certain, show us what you're made of. And you'd received that three days ago, and the fact that your fellow boarders had remarked on the absence of the mistress, nor the fact that it definitely bothers rumble are lost on you but the comings and goings of the mistress are of little concern to you you're here with a mission of your own told only that there was something that should not be in stole you were tasked with discovering what exactly that was so far the town seems like the, the epitome of small town prosperous america you've taken on the cover of a traveling writer and today you'd plan to visit the methodist episcopal church a girl had been passing out flyers the day before, and something about her had seemed strange to you, though you couldn't put your finger on it. But at this point, it seems as good a place as any, and at least if nothing else, you'll be able to observe more of the townsfolk. And then, uh, Rumble, you've been here longer than the other two boarders, and Petunia's schedule was almost inhuman in its regularity, so it's a little more concerning to you than it might be to the others. But on top of that, of all the uncountable boarding houses... 
rented shacks, tenements, camps, and shelters you've laid your head in. Petunia's cooking is in a class all by itself, and the idea of heading out for a shift at the car lot with an empty stomach doesn't set you in the best of moods. You consider trying your own hand at rustling something up, but the idea of messing about in her kitchen feels almost sacrilegious. It brings back the same turning in your stomach that always accompanied willful transgressions of the rules in the various boys' homes you'd <laughs> spent your childhood years in. So there, there all three of you are on Saturday morning. And what what do you want to do? Yeah, any uh, you fellas seen Mrs. Brizentine this morning? Hey, oh, by the way, uh, if you need me to drive for you later, I can after my shift at the mechanic. Sounds good. I've been planning on going around town, maybe getting some some info and or not info, but uh, oh dang, inspiration from the local town folk themselves for my book. So more than willing to if you're. Don't have a problem heading towards Methodist churches. <laughs> no, not at all, sir. Raised Protestant myself. Can't say it's all Latin to me. <laughs> what about you, Mr. Spates? Uh, what are you up to uh, today? Go around to the to the police station and uh, see what I can learn over there. But uh, in answer to your question, um, no. No, I haven't seen... Uh, I'm sorry, what was her last name? Prison time, yeah. Prison time, uh, yeah. Prison time. Prison time around. Prison time. Um, at all this morning. <laughs> Got love and hate on the knuckles. <laughs> huh? That's odd. It's not a church day, I don't think. Does, does anybody remember well, hearing that she had some uh, extra errands to run? I don't know. I preferred not to really get into her business as long as she stayed out of mine. Yeah, I'm with uh, Mister Herman on that. I think. I'm going to have to get something to eat before I go to work, so maybe I'll head out and rustle up some grub. But in actuality, I might go look around for the, the old lady. Is there a, uh, is there like a, outside a uh, restaurant or a diner or anything out here? Or is it too small? Yeah, there, no, no, it's, okay. you know, it's well, a pretty good as I'll, I'll offer that then, is that, uh, uh small town. Yeah, in the absence of, and I, I know that it, it's a poor substitute, but in the absence of uh, Miss... Uh, That's the God's truth. And her fabulous cooking. is was going to stop at the uh, the diner on the way down if either of you gentlemen want to join. Yeah, I'll join you. Uh, let me make a quick stop. Let me talk to the neighbor real quick, and then I'll be All ready right. to go. All right. So was it you said walking distance for the diner, B? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I'll... Was it it's February? Yeah. I'll bundle up. <laughs> okay. Get myself, I don't know, I'm guessing I probably have some sort of, like, one of those big coats, kind of rustic look to it, maybe. Yeah, it's, but, it is February, but it is a pretty warm day for February, so. Mm. All right. Still. The weather's clear, so. You never know. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to dip out yeah. to the back, see if that girl's out there playing. I just want to ask her if she's seen Mrs. Brizentine. Okay. This morning. Yeah, so she's still out there uh, collecting the eggs, and uh, she smiles as she sees you and says, I left some eggs for you. Ah, oh, thanks, sweetheart. You can't be doing that for free, though. Here, let me give you something. And I'll pull a quarter out from my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> now I won't be able to eat, but here you go, kid. <laughs> yeah, so she giggles and she takes the, the quarter from you. I think I can afford it. <laughs> oh, yeah, what's your, your daily spending? Uh, it's 10 still. That's all bad. It's, it's my cash and assets that are pretty low, but yeah, I'll give her a quarter of, of my 10. 
and uh, take the eggs inside, throw them in the ice box. Ready to go, gentlemen. I'll All grab right. my uh, jacket and my hat. But you... Oh, right. I didn't get what she said. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, here you go. Yeah. Sorry, you... I'm brain damaged, kid. You gotta, you You're going to ask her. A little bit slow. <laughs> yeah, if she'd seen Mrs. Brizendine. Yeah. But she hasn't. Yeah, you know. She says no. And then, um, <clears throat> you know, her mother steps out the back door and, you know, says, Rosemary, come inside now. And she waves at you. Her mother is... Um, yeah, pardon me, Mrs. Ellis. You mind if I ask you a question? Now I sound like a cop. Sorry about that. Yeah, but I don't look like a cop. <laughs> I look all beat up. Yeah. Hey, you don't got to worry about it. My face is all rough, but my nose never been broken. <laughs> I know it looks scary, but I just fight the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. Now, Marion is her name, and she's a widow, and uh, she's not scared of you. Um, you, you know, been around long enough and interacted with enough people to understand that she's like she's got an interest in you oh cool right yeah well I'll, I'll play up that angle sure is a fine morning seeing you yeah um i like that dress i can yeah <laughs> here's a flower <laughs> what's your sleight of hand i'll give her a quarter too <laughs> right not good base making these flowers appear out of nowhere i don't know where i picked it up <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a uh I became a magician after I got knocked out. That's actually a spell, and you're actually losing sanity, but you can't remember <laughs> where you learned it from. <laughs> Produce flower. They have some dumb spells like that. The classic joked about one is attract fish. Yeah, but that's like stuff you'd expect. And, right. And so that stuff like, you know, to, to us, a pretty stupid spell would be like make a crop fertile or land fertile type yeah. thing. And it's like, well. If yeah, if you're a small village that worships, you know, something like Dagon or something, and you need a good all yeah attract fish i always wanted to try to implement oh what was it like in that one necronomicon book that uh made the rounds back in the day where it was like like all the sigils were like either very expensive or like used flower right it's like i i kind of want something like that (laughs) where you can make your pentagram out of flower (laughs) nice and cheap shadow run spending eight thousand new yen on a damn circle my force one magical lodge or whatever yeah, hang on a second, I'll get you. Hey, yeah, you know, Mrs. Ellis, if you bring Rosemary down here to the diner later, i buy you guys a meal on me. Be happy to treat you. Let me see if I can share this. My English is 48%. Oh, I'm man. Trying to figure out more slang and stuff, but I, it's too hard for me to manage. I'll work on it as I go. Well, you can do the easy ones, which is, you know, Roscoe's a revolver, right. round heel's a hooker, stuff like that. Saba. Okay. So yeah, she's um, you know, she's she's pretty friendly with you, a little bit shy, but you were asking her if she saw Well, I'm making the small talk first. Okay. So I said, Hey, if you and Rosemary want dinner later, I gotta shift the diner. it's on me. You just bring her down. But uh, I had a question for you, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Have you seen Miss Brizendine around this morning? Um, no, not I haven't seen her since yesterday. Oh, okay. Well, was she not home? No, I guess That's not. Very strange. If you, uh, if you do see her, will you let her know I was looking for? Her? I had a question asked. Because you're starving, right? <laughs> That's not just because I'm hungry uh, either. <laughs> she, um, she sends Although Rosemary inside, 
and uh, she comes closer to you and she speaks in sort of hushed tones. She doesn't want Rosemary to hear, but she says, you know, it's the strangest thing last night when I looked out the window, I thought for a moment that I saw somebody prowling around out here. Really? Yeah. Like out your house or the, the boarding house? Barding house, yeah. I guess it would be. On the side of the of her house. Oh. Did you get a look at it? No, because when I animal? looked again, there was nothing there. And so, you know, I just assumed probably a stray dog. You know, because uh, that's the thing about Stoll's and Ice Town stuff. But in the 1920s, there were a lot of stray animals everywhere. Right. So she says, I, you know, thought maybe just a stray dog or something. But Well, uh, you mind if I go look around over there? Yeah, I mean, it was in her yard. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. You, you know, just don't want to be rude. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Uh, I'm a guest here. Mm-hmm. So I'll go take a look at the area. She said she thought she saw something. Okay. So the Petunia's boarding house is a two-story house. But as she aged, she took over a, a big room on the main floor. And uh, when there are enough boarders, then, you know, there's people on the second floor. But there's not right now. So the the window... One of the windows of Petunia's room will be on that side of the house, and then another on the front of the house, right? So okay. The front corner of the house. So it was the boarding house. Sorry, I misunderstood that. I thought yeah. it was Mrs. Ellis's house. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so there's a, you know, the yard is pretty narrow on that section. Well, I'll raise a hand and, and say, you have a nice day, Miss Ellis, and I'll, or Mrs. Ellis, and I'll walk over to that spot. Okay. Yeah, so you can get over there. Where there's, you know, it's not, there's not grass. It's just muddy ground uh, over there outside her window. But you can do a spot hidden over there. All right. Well, what do you know about this sort of thing, Rumble? I see mud. I see grass. Oh, man. What's, uh... (laughs) I will spend two luck if that's acceptable. Yeah. Yep. You can spend it. Brings my current down to 68. Okay. Yeah, so you just go over there to look around. You're not sure what, you know, you think you might see, but you definitely see that there are footprints in the mud. It's not it's not a very wet mud. It's a pretty, you know, firm. Kind of but a it, clay. It's a clay, yeah. But you can see footprints. They're definitely man-sized, and they're, they're footprints, not boot prints. It's like someone barefoot was out here. Mm-hmm. And then um, you do see that there's also a bit of cloth on the the eve of the window okay there's a rusty nail there that caught and there's a little bit of a green some green cloth it looks like it comes from a dress no or a nightgown no can't make it out curtain yeah it, i mean it, it could be a curtain or could be pants or mm. you know it's hard to say a shirt well i'll pick it off the nail there and stick it in my pocket i guess but i'll just be frowning well it weren't no animal well okay i'll go meet up with the other guys and Head out to the diner. Check the tool shed. <laughs> tool shed. All right. And then uh, what did you guys want to do? I think I'd just probably be hanging out probably in front of the boarding house waiting for, for old Robbie to show up, probably smoking a cigarette, trying to keep my, well, my I guess my hands might be warm, but keep them warmer. <laughs> okay. Keep them in my pockets or something. All right. Mother Baker's is a restaurant about, one and a half blocks away. So it's not a very long walk at all. Yeah, so uh, Mother Baker's is a diner on Main Street. In the last week, 
Mrs. Baker has been serving new dishes, which some people had remarked about since it was like one of those things that had existed for all time and never changed. But recently she started, you know, creating new dishes. She's using um, a, a, a new syrup on the waffles that she makes that's just blowing people's minds. And uh, the burgers are like far far better than than, you know, any other burgers you've ever had. People keep saying that it tastes like heaven. And, you know, her diner has been really busy since you guys got to town. So that's where you can go. And that's about a block and a half away. So an easy walk through down the street, right to Main Street. And uh, it's busy, like it always is now. But she, the waiter there, or the waitress there, finds you guys a table and uh, seats you there so you can order. Uh, So anyway, the place is pretty full. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of conversation going, but you notice that, you know, everybody who's got food is like really focused on it. Like the, the tables that have been served, everybody stops their convert, their conversation and is just really focused on whatever their food happens to be. And they keep shaking their heads at how good it is. So, but there you are. Well, um, is it just a seat yourself? Uh, this is the diner I work at, right? Yeah. You've been seated by the, okay. the waitress. There. A order, uh, coffee black and ask what the special is today and yeah this is the diner you've been doing night washing shift. dishes at dishwashing shift yeah dishwashing mm-hmm. yeah so the the breakfast special is is waffles mm. uh, that's what everybody seems to be eating right now and uh everybody's talk now you guys haven't eaten here before but but everybody that you run into and a lot of times you'll overhear conversations. People just talk about how good the food is at, at Mother Baker's. So, and then so that'll be easily absorbed by your spending level here. So, nothing to worry about there. Yeah. So aside from eating, was there anything else you guys wanted to do here? Just make some small talk. So where are we going to be driving? You say a church? Yeah. Methodist. Methodist Church in town. Here it's. Uh, was it old? Uh-huh. What I'm figuring, like since founding or. Yeah, it has. It's been here quite a long yeah. time. Been here forever, apparently. Possibly so, yeah. since the founding of the town. <clears throat> Figured there'd be some good historical information there for my book. Yeah, um, so Rob, when you had made it to town, the first church you saw was a Catholic church, which had, you know, had kind of worried you uh, being a Protestant. But uh, as it turns out, there's, you know, five or six churches in this town. So the... The Methodist church that he's talking about is the, um, let's see, what do they call that? Just reminds me of the Robin Williams joke. <laughs> Methodist Episcopal Church. Same great Catholic taste, half the guilt. Nah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, um, that is just two blocks further on down the, down the way you guys came to get here, actually. It's right in line there. I so. guess it ain't too far. Might not even need a driver. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so all of the most of the things in town are are pretty close together. But I know you're kind of hard on your luck, right? Yeah, yeah. I figure that's enough reason for me to kind of make him a driver. Also, mm-hmm. he's good in a fight; keep him around, and he doesn't need to know that, <laughs> right? Oh, okay. Yeah, and you know he's good in a fight because you two uh, had a fight with some other people in a you know a local watering hole. Watering hole. Yeah. You know? Might still have a little bit of discoloration about the head and the face <laughs> on account of that one. <clears throat> yeah, so let's have everybody roll me the a listen and put it in the tower. Okay. Uh, 
So, Oscar, for you, the noise of the diner has reached that point where it's just a noise, mm-hmm. and it's not you're not able to pick out any individual words from it. But Rob, you do pick out some conversation from a couple of tables over, and that is a you don't recognize the people, but you do hear them talking about a professor. You don't know any professor, and you don't catch a name, but they, they, you do hear them talking about the uh, a professor and a telescope that, that's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I suppose at that point there's like a lull in the conversation, and I push my plate away from me, and I'm just sort of looking around the diner, and I hear that snatch of conversation. Professor and, and an amazing telescope. Yeah, it's like a weird excitement they have for for that sort of a topic, right? So is this like a, a school town, like a college town as well? Mm-mm. Hmm. No, Stowell, Pennsylvania is um, it's centered around small industries. There's a cannery and a lumber mill, and uh, a railroad comes through as well. Yeah, but yeah, it's they they don't have a college here. It's just that you just happen to pick that up. And it just seems strange to you someone would be that excited about a, you know, a telescope. I mean, if you look over there and you don't recognize them, but they're like high school kids, you know, so maybe it's something from school project they got to do, but uh, you do pick that up. And then, um, Tony, Tony, you pick up some like a whispered conversation that catches your ears because it's like they're trying to not be heard, but you pick out the name Freddie Jensen. Right. So somebody's whispering about somebody named Freddie Jensen and uh, the fact that like a lot of what what's the good word for it? A lot of mischief around town is probably the fault of this Freddie Jensen. Like like there's even talk that he might be like a gang leader, like we might have a honest to goodness gang here in town. And Freddie Jensen is uh, just the worst sort. So you don't know a Freddie Jensen, but you do pick that up. That's the what you pick up from that conversation. Has there been any uh, like, uh, any stories in the paper, or have I heard of any of this mischief? Okay, so this is the first no. time hearing about mischief. No, that's yeah. You have yeah yeah. As uh, can I see the people? Yes. Well, no. When you when you try to when you look to see like where that's coming from, you, you're not able to pick out exactly who. Okay. So every table in here is packed. So I'll file away the information. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll bring that up at the police station as well. Okay. So how long's your shift, Robbie? Uh, it depends on what he's got for me. Shouldn't be too long, I don't think. It being Saturday and all. All right. Well, maybe check back with you at lunch. Sounds good. I guess I'll be staying at Petunias till then, working on my book. Uh, but that said, I gotta go. Uh, well get to work what I was guess. your book about i'll uh hmm? small towns good old americana all right <laughs> is this <laughs> your first town that you're visiting or all right uh how far out east do i figure i came from or west wherever brandon from boston oh boston all right yeah oh no i hit as many of them as i could along the way from boston so what's your yeah he would have taken a much different path from boston than you did Tony, because you were following someone and they just seemed to go in a, almost a straight line until until they curved down south into Pennsylvania from New York State. What's your most interesting fact that you've learned so far? 
It's because you know it's a lie. <laughs> That's why. You... <laughs> well, it's not a lie. Just seeing how good the cover is. Yeah, I probably stopped off in a couple towns on Boston from here, or uh, on my way from Boston. Uh, so, Brandon, how would I get an interesting factoid from a small town? Uh, you're going to tell me about here. how the uh, the uh, single... Intelligence? Or the uh, small family is yeah, uh, going away in America. All right. So, intelligence... Hard success. You got a hard success. Yeah. So, it's pretty easy for you to think of some interesting things. A lot of the towns that you uh, traveled through... Most your... of them probably looking for a guy that was affiliated... Well, and it's like towns you've been to or, mm. or been around before, at least in Massachusetts. So, okay. you know, it's easy to pick one and say, well, this place has the largest beer glass in the country or whatever, <laughs> you know. Okay, so then here's how we'll split it up. So, Rob, you're going to go do your day shift at the, well, your shift at Al's Best Automobiles, right? Yes. And then what were you going to do, Oscar? I'm going to go back to Petunias. Okay. Right in, right in my cover book. Might as well, right? Yeah. If someone's going to ask to see it, so. Oh, hey, since you're hanging out around there, will you let her know I was looking for. Her? You know, the neighbor saw somebody outside her window last night. She thought it was an animal, but when I looked there, it was a bare foot of a human, about you know, man-sized shape. So, mm. I don't know. A lot of drifters come through, myself included. So, probably Gosh. what it was. That is rather odd, I guess. Sneaking around in small towns always, uh, always more uh, able to get caught. People keep their eyes out. Yeah, I just got a bad feeling, you know, because I've been there a month now, and her schedule doesn't prick. So. All right. Well, maybe I'll go take a look at it. Ah, oh, here I picked this off the windowsill. It's a piece of green cloth. I don't know. I can't remember what she was. Did we knock on her door? Did we get or go into her room? Didn't seem appropriate. <laughs> no, you didn't. All right. I'll take a look at what the, so, what you saw. You know, being a, a man of, you know, low station, Rob, the first thing that pop into your mind is, you know, why is there bare feet outside Petunia's window? And it, maybe there's a peeping Tom. But, yeah, but if someone was going to do peeping, you would think it would be at Marion's house because Marion is like, still very attractive yeah a lot of wackadoos on the rails though mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so okay and then what were well, you gonna i was do, gonna head Tommy? over to the uh to the police station and see if i can talk with uh one of the i don't know if it how big the uh how big the uh police forces out here but i uh, either talk to like a sheriff or a detective if they have one and see if i could get some more information or any information about the uh, this Felix that I'm looking for. Also, maybe drop a uh, drop that name of Freddie Jensen. Let's see if just as an aside, right? Okay, so you're gonna go to the police station. Okay, so it's a short walk for you, Oscar, back to Petunia's boarding house there, and you and uh, Rob walk together for a block before you know. Uh, or actually, you make it all the way to Petunia's boarding house, walking together along that street. Rob continues up half a block and then cuts to the east, and, and that'll take him a few blocks away towards uh, to Al's Best Automobiles there. Mm. 
which is sort of the, uh, you know, it's like on the northern edge of town. All right. So, and uh, so there's nobody at Petunia's. I'll go knock on her door. Then I'll try it if there's no answer. Yeah, no answer. All right. Yeah, I'll head on in. Okay. And I'll, you know, like I'll announce myself again just in case, you know. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, so no answer. And then you, you try the knob and it's unlocked and you open it up. And the Petunia, what it looks like to you is that Petunia made her bedroom what at in the beginning of the house's days would have been like a living room. Okay. So it's pretty big, right? And so it's got big bay windows that look out the front of the house. And then there's a smaller window that would be looking out into the side of the house. And uh, the room, like the rest of the home that you've seen, is is very tidy, very orderly, right? And so she's got, you know, a big, a big bed. She probably never replaced the bed she shared with her husband after he died. And then, you know, then the standard furniture that you'd find in a bedroom of an old woman. She's got, you know, the dresser and the, the vanity jewelry box and a wardrobe and things of that nature with nice thick uh, rugs on the floor and um but no petunia so uh robbie said that uh there was a footprint outside her window yeah and a piece of cloth in the window so i'll check there see if the window had been disturbed or what the what anyone outside the window might have seen at a glance looking in yeah okay roll roll a uh, spot hidden for me oh bs uh how much is that 17 okay well you see so right away you spot there's muddy footprints on the hardwood floor from the window to her bed Mm. you you spot that right away and there's also on the windowsill on the inside there something caught on her nightgown and tore a big strip out of it and that's hanging from a nail there now the window's closed from where you're standing, the the window's closed, but you definitely see the muddy footprints, bare footprints, and then some scuffing in them to indicate, you know, something going back over them towards the window. So you see that right at first glance. All right. I'll uh, close up her room and I'll go outside and see if I can, maybe the footprints went somewhere. I'm not good at tracking, but. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can make your roll. You can try. Okay. Try track. Yeah, must have gotten rusty during the war. <laughs> yeah, nothing. That might almost be a fumble. Yeah, so you you go back out there and you do see one of the footprints that Rob must have been talking about. The if there were more, he trampled them, mm. and it's a mess there now. But um, and that but you can't make heads or tails of where it goes from there. So from there. From that side of the house, it's a real narrow part of the yard. So there's the wooden fence, and then you've got about five feet to the side of the house. And then the fence juts along to meet the house, and there's not a gate there on that side. So it's just a wood fence towards the front of the home. Okay. And then you've got the whole back of the house. All right. There's a wood fence back there that looks out over, uh, well, it's an empty lot. Okay. What's around the empty lot? Is there... Would it be something where like a vagrant would probably come passing through easily enough or is uh, it from what you can tell, there was a home there that burned down mm. sometime. And so basically there's not, but 
a bit of the foundation still sticking above the ground and uh, weeds. And it's like, that's the spot. And, and so right next door is another house that looks out over the street behind. But uh, that's the vacant, vacant lot. And then further on in that direction, as a matter of fact, from her backyard, looking past that vacant lot, you can see the brick. Now that it's light outside, you can see the brick building that, that makes up uh, Al's best automobiles. Hmm. So, you know, it, as far as like if someone dragged Petunia away, knowing where you are in town, you're on the northern edge of the town. Okay. Pretty much. There's like a block of of uh, houses left, and then it's, you know, outside of town. But also, the house looks out over the recreation ground, that playground, and then that cliff face, and there's no more town that that direction either. So, but yeah, I mean, it, at this point, looking at the, the ground, you, you can't make heads or tails out of where they might have taken her. Yeah. I think what uh, my next thing might be to do would be to possibly go to the police kind of would not blow my cover but raise more suspicion if i just try investigating and knock on doors myself i think so i think i'll forward this to the authorities uh, i'll start heading down that way okay all right so that's what you're doing and then let me get some yeah so you're gonna head to the police station now rob you're heading to al's best automobiles so, you know, you just passed on, continued on past Petunias to the next block, you know, and then you just turn to the east and you go walk two blocks down that way and you'll make it to Al's Best Automobiles there. When you're walking that direction, off to your left is the last group of homes on the north side of town before it just, you know, the town ends, right? And um, you can roll me a listen in a spot hidden. No luck. I won't spend any all right so yeah you make it to al's and um you already know you've already got your work orders for the day like he's he sets them up for you on a uh rickety little table in the in the shop area yeah could i could we rewind a little bit would i could i uh push my listen roll at the risk of being late or something like that okay yeah so i think i'll heard something and i'll head over in that direction yeah, because I'm still worrying over Petunia. Heard a suspicious sound over there. <laughs> yeah, see how we do. Regular success. All right. So yeah, you're walking towards Al's, and you've almost, you know, you're about a block away, and you hear a sound. Now, off to your right is a uh, uh, a vacant lot. This this is a lot where a house burned down. You can still see a little bit of signs of a burned foundation. Otherwise, it's just overgrown weeds and bushes but you think you hear a sound coming from the from those weeds and bushes near near the burnt foundation of the home. Yeah, what well, compelling in some way. So Yeah, so you know you're supposed to get to work, but you it's up to you. Yeah, I'll I'll think for a moment and I'll pause and I'll be like, oh, you should be closed on Saturday anyways, and I'll head over there to take a look at the sound. Okay. All right, yeah, so you walk over that direction, and now the, the weeds and the bushes are, like, waist high on you until you reach that the actual foundation that's still left, um, where it's a lot shorter there. But the nature is definitely starting to take that back over. But um, there's still a little bit of the cement, you know, sticking up above the dirt. But 
when you get over there and you're following that sound, uh, you think you must have just, it must have been your imagination, but then you hear it one more time. And so you realize that there's like this thicket of uh, uh, some sort of bush and it came from there. From where you're standing, you can't actually see anything in it, but you know that's where you heard the sound come from. Uh, anybody over there? I'll keep walking towards it slowly. Probably just jumping at a rabbit or something, Rumble. Uh, so as you get closer, nothing answers you, but then you come to a stop right there, right in front of it, and you can see down in the bushes the, a dog. Oh, just a stray. Yeah, it's it's not moving now. You can see its face and its eyes, its tongue's hanging out of its mouth. It's clearly dead. Uh, um, ah, I'm sorry about that. Pooch. But you can't, you can't tell why. I mean, it's the rest of its body's down there in the bushes, but, but it is clearly dead. Well, God bless you, buddy. Now you made me late for work. Mm-hmm. Bad timing on that one. <laughs> yeah. Give him the old Jack Dempsey special mm-hmm. jab with a cross right. All right, and then I'll head off to work. I mean, I, I will pause the because it seemed like I caught it right in the act of dying, but it is February. It's hard for a stray, so that's just bad luck on my part and his part. And if I don't see anything unusual, then... Yeah, no, nothing that draws your attention. I mean, you can only see its head and yeah. its, you know, its tongue hanging out, so you can't you can't be sure exactly what, what killed it, but you can tell it's dead for sure. Well, I'll drag it out of the bush. Okay. All right. So you reach down in there and, uh, you know, you got the thorns scraping against your sleeve and whatnot, but you're, you're able to grab a hold of the fur right at the back of its head and pull it out. And that's almost immediately realized that both of the dog's front legs have been cut off, not chewed or bitten or broken, but like perfectly sliced. Ah, Jesus right at the joint and so it bled to death what did that to you buddy yeah so you know do during your travels it's not uncommon that you'll be lucky enough sometimes in the uh, less populated parts of new england where you manage to kill a deer to eat if you're hungry enough so you know that cutting through bone like that it's not it's not really the easiest thing to do and so just the the cleanliness of the of the cuts right uh, draws your attention yeah i mean i'll puzzle it for a moment but i can't make heads or tails of it it seemed like it just happened right he's still i mean bleeding. you heard him and then yeah, yeah. well i'll kind of look around all of a sudden like look for somebody to have done this and if i don't see anything then i'll i'll assure the dog i'll bury you later buddy and i'll put him back in the bushes where i found him and head off to work Okay. All right. Uh, so yeah, you go to work and then, um, Tony, you were going to go to the police station. Yep. All right. So go ahead. You can, you get to the, uh, sheriff's office there and that's in, um, or the police station, sorry. And that is also on main street, just like my mother Baker's. It's just a few blocks away, but you make it there. And you know, it being Saturday, there's not a lot going on here. When you walk in, there is a uh, a deputy sitting at the desk there reading a dime novel. All right. I'll uh, walk in and introduce myself and spy his name tag and call him 
whatever his actual name is, Deputy So-and-so. What is his name? This is Deputy uh, Alexander. All right. Uh, good morning, Deputy Ag- Alexander. As, uh, my name is, is Tony. As I was wondering if the, uh, the chief or the sheriff might be in today and if I could schedule a little bit of time with him. So Deputy Alexander looks up from his book and eyes you, and uh, then he, he pauses for a moment, and then he puts his book down, and he stands up, and he says, no, the sheriff's not, not available. He's out of town on a, at a uh, symposium, so I'm running the show till he gets back, but maybe I can help you, sir. What can I do for you? Well, maybe you can at that. Yeah, I, I'm in town looking for somebody. I had been hired on by a professor back in Boston. Someone stole some items from him, and uh, I've been following him ever since he left Boston. I was trying to trying to see if you guys may have if he may have popped up on your radar at all. Although I don't know if that's a term at this point in time. So maybe if he, uh, yeah, <laughs> you guys have uh, seen him or. <laughs> caught wind of him i guess backing up for a minute the other towns that i had gone through where i had gotten some information was he still going by felix or was it a different name each time it was always always it was always different names and the only thing that seemed that the only thing that seemed to be common was that he generally had a preference for working in in, uh, a kitchen because that couple of the places where you found some some sign of him he'd been working as a, a dishwasher or a, a line cook or whatever in uh you know restaurants or okay whatever. so i'll uh yeah I'll, I'll pull up my uh a notepad um or a little notebook and start going through the general description of him uh, that mo of uh yeah taking on uh either day labor or or uh part time labor uh, working in kitchens and uh he he goes by typically goes by a different name as every time that i've i've come across someone that knows him or that his uh he's crossed paths with uh okay so yeah so you, you say all this and then he he's paying attention to you and he thinks for a moment and uh he's like well no i don't uh don't reckon I've seen anybody with that description come through, but, uh, you know, it's a small town and, uh, you know, if he likes working in kitchens where there's not an awful lot of choices for him, you could check, check the kitchens at mother Baker's or, uh, even the absolute best, uh, steakhouse in town. And probably even the state is Elmer's. You could check kitchens there, I suppose. Uh, is, are there any, are there any uh, homes that uh, you know in in the area that that typically hire out kitchen staff that you're aware of that I might be able to uh, to inquire at? Well, there's a few boarding houses in town. There's one not far away, run by a woman named was, Petunia. There's a couple, uh, there's a couple on the uh, western side of town. A, as well. I'm actually uh, staying at Petunia's, a lovely woman, and oh, okay, some of the the finest cooking that I've uh, I've to say I've had in a long time. She does have that reputation. But yeah, there's a couple of more you could check over on the western side of town. And then uh you hear the door open behind you and uh Oscar walks in. So Oscar, you've made it to the uh police station. 
you were going to come here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you enter and you can see that Tony's already talking to a deputy there at the desk. Uh, Oscar, you come down to, uh, speak with deputy Alexander about your book. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. I was, uh, I was worried about what Robbie was saying about, uh, Miss Petunia. And so I, uh, I went into her room and after knocking, she wasn't there, but there were some footprints on the floor. And so I guess I'm here, Deputy Alexander, to report a mission person. Oh, dear. Something happened to Petunia. She wasn't at breakfast this morning. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Let me get the... And he starts looking around in drawers or whatever. He's trying to find a form. But <laughs> both of you can do a psychology role. Mm. <laughs> it is not my day. Nope, not mine either. After searching for a bit, he comes out with a, a form and he says, Okay, now what were you saying? We woke up this morning and all of us were expecting breakfast. Miss Petunia runs a pretty tight uh, tight ship and she's usually always had breakfast ready for us, except maybe on days where it's, uh, was it, was she... Uh, Church days. Yeah, except yeah. on days where it's early mass or whatever. And their oven wasn't even warm this morning and we didn't hear a peep from her room. And so, you said you found footprints? I got worried after we'd gone out to get our breakfast scrounge for our own breakfast and i knocked on the door still no answer went into her room and i found muddy footprints on the floor oh dear i sure surely hope nothing's happened to her okay well i thank you for bringing this to us i'm gonna start investigating this right away i'll head over there and is see this what a uh is this a common um occurrence uh in in this town is people going is there like a lot of vagrants uh moving through no dear god dear god no no we we've got a nice clean safe town here that's a very strange it's very strange what you've just told me uh, robbie said that uh, uh that neighbor lady he's always talking to saw someone creeping by the window the night before you're talking about mrs ellis i believe that's her name yeah the one with the little girl yeah well, i can speak with mrs ellis as well then maybe she'll have some more information uh, I better get to work on this, so thanks for bringing that to my attention, gentlemen. Uh -huh. Mr. Spates, yeah, I haven't seen the fella you're looking for, but if it's kitchens you're looking for, try Mother Baker's or or uh, Elmer's Steakhouse. And honestly, Mother Baker's not known for taking on out-of-towners for help, and now that I think of it, she doesn't like Eastern Europeans all that much, so maybe Elmer's would be the best place for you to look and they don't open until uh, the evening. I appreciate so. your your time, uh, Deputy Alexander. And yeah, uh, I was uh, a former man of the law myself. As if you, uh, I know that you, you said your chief is out of town or your sheriff is out of town. But uh, if you need any assistance, as, uh, please let me know. Well, thank you. Uh, I'll definitely, if I have any more questions, flatten I'll his find tires you. and make it back to the boarding house before he gets there, so I can thoroughly investigate. <laughs> just, just plain, <laughs> yeah. As, uh, but I will, I will uh, tell Oscar um, that maybe we should head back to the boarding house. As uh, make sure nobody tampers with evidence. Maybe there's some more that we can see. Did you happen to see where these footprints had led to um, leaving the house at all? Unfortunately, I was, I'm a bit rusty in the tracking department in my, the modern era here. So no, I wasn't able to follow them, but there definitely was footprints out there. Uh, let's, uh, 
hurry back if you don't mind. All right. I was maybe thinking about going and telling Robbie as he seems to have taken a liking to her. And he yes, uh, worried, if you want to do that, I, I can think... head back and see what I can see. All right. I'll meet you back at Thank the Petunias then. And I'll head off towards and I'll head off towards uh the car dealership or wherever it is that Robbie's at. Okay. So both of you do a listen for me. Uh ouch. My eardrums oh. blew. <laughs> never never hear anything again. <laughs> this is, it was at this moment that I realized that okay. uh uh late stage deafness ran in my family. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it just came on all of a sudden. As you guys are leaving and going your ways, you see the, the deputies come out behind you and locks the door. And as he's heading to his car, you can see uh, um, there's two couples of, you know, two men, two women, you know, uh, approach at the same time and they start talking to him. And you can tell by the look on their face that they're concerned about something, but, you know, there's a breeze and it's far away, so you don't hear what they're saying. But uh, he looks like he's harried, so he's trying to, like, you know, beg off, but they they keep pestering him. So when he gets to his car, he's sort of, like, backed up against it, and they're haranguing him about something. But it looks like it might be a while before he makes it out to Petunia's well. to investigate. Although you can't it's, hear what uh, it's a saying. good thing that good thing that they've got me with no ears on the case. <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna head straight back okay. over there and while then, he uh, while Oscar goes over to inform uh Robbie about this. Okay. All right. So Oscar to get from the police station to Al's, you just walk straight north for a couple blocks and there it is. Because it you know, it takes up its own whole section of a town block there. All right. It's a gas station and, you know, he sells automobiles and he fixes automobiles and he also sells gas. So it's a pretty big, mm. pretty big business. And it's right on the uh, Randolph Street, which leads to the state highway up north, right? Okay. So it's uh, the way out of town to the north. So you can head there and it won't take you very long. But you do spot something interesting as you go. This is you're about a block away and uh, you see there's a uh, old man. Way up a telephone pole. He's got some like big headphones on and uh, and a big smile on his face. But he's got like a climbing harness that looks like he fashioned it himself. And he looks older than a person ought to be if they're going to be climbing telephone poles. But he's up there and he's got, he's next to one of the power boxes and he's, you know. Just tap into a telephone line. Yeah. And he's listening. I mean, that's, Yeah. <laughs> But that's that's the only odd thing you see on the way. Um, so you don't know him, but uh, he's sat up high on that pole, and uh, he could be listening to voices or music. But he smiles and he waves down at you as you as you pass by. Stop, wave back. <laughs> no reason not to. So there's an image of uh, this is one of them guys that there. is uh, boycotting these new phone lines all over the place. So he just goes and connects straight into the line and make his call. Either that or he's <laughs> listening in on a party line. Probably listening in. And in the town this small, yeah, might most party likely. Lines, right? It would probably like it'd era? be very yeah. rare for uh for a private line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he ain't doing no different than those operators. Although, 
it, that work for phone I, lines I don't know anyway. why he's up there, though. Like, with those ones, if you picked up and somebody else was on, you could still hear the conversation. Yeah, probably ain't got a phone of his own at home. No, yeah, might be. Uh, if somebody tells you to stop, they're going to have to get up there to get you down. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, so then you see him up there and wave, but then you can continue on and you make it to Al's Best Automobiles there. And um, Tony, you don't have any sort of encounters on the way back to Petunia's, except for when you get there. And um, when you get there, there's a, a woman that you've seen before. She's the neighbor. She's a really pretty woman who seems to have taken, by your estimation, some sort of a liking to Rob. She's standing outside the home there, and she's got a, she approaches you with a, a basket, you know, one of those old picnic-style baskets. And uh, she says, if Petunia's not back, then I realize you boys must not have had any breakfast, so I made some food for you. Can you make sure that uh, Rob and... Oh, yes, very, very kind of you. As, uh, I know that they greatly appreciated as I do. As, uh, let me let me just put this inside. You know, as, uh, I was actually coming back to to take a look around. I, I had heard from Robbie uh, earlier this morning and, and Oscar just a short time ago that you had seen somebody outside um, Miss uh, Prisontine, Prisontine's bedroom window last night is that have you seen anything like that before well i can't be certain that's what i saw i just i i told him i thought that i saw that when i looked again i didn't see anything there and there's there's always stray dogs running i mean you can see one right now and she points across the street and there's a you know emaciated stray dog missing half its tail rooting around in the front yards across the street so i just i think that's that might be what oh, I okay saw. As, uh, well, uh, again, we appreciate the uh, appreciate the food and or the breakfast. As, uh, and I'm just gonna take a look a look around. So you'll you'll probably see me out here, and I'll uh, thank her and okay. Well, and she opens uh, up that that basket, and she's like, "This this one here is for for Rob," and she points to the sandwich that seems to be bigger than the other ones. One hundred percent, ma'am. Hey. <laughs> and I'll uh, I'll take the basket in and uh, set it in the. Uh, does she have like an ice chest or anything? Okay. Was, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure how how long those yeah, are going to be. I don't imagine it'll be very long. So maybe I'll just set it on the table for right now and uh, pen a quick note that says uh, Robbie's and put it on the big sandwich. Yeah, with okay. a heart and with my heart. initials. <laughs> She's an angel, but she's got bad Worst hair, right? I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Writes like a cop. <laughs> right. But uh, at that, I will go and uh, take a look, quick look in the bedroom to see those uh, muddy footprints that Oscar was talking about. And then I want to check outside the, uh, the bedroom win- window as well and see if I might be able to... Uh, to track um, either where these footprints had come from or potentially where they go to enter the house. Okay, yeah, go ahead and you can roll a track. Hard success. Nice. Okay, so, yeah, you're looking outside there and you can see that 
there's the one clear print, and if there were more, they got trod upon by Rob and uh, Oscar. But the light's better now, and uh, it just it it's easier for you to pick up the trail. So you can see that the trail leads towards the front of the house. And uh, looking at that fence now, you can see that there's some markings on it that indicate that somebody climbed up over it. And uh, you can, there's even like a few threads from Petunia's nightgown okay. that you can find. So I'll, uh, is there like a, a stick or something um, that I could find around where I can just kind of mark just by this yeah. fence area? Yeah. And then uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to disturb any of the of the threads just yet if they don't look like they're going to be going anywhere. Uh, and if they look like they're, they would blow away in, yeah. you know, strong wind or something, then maybe I'll bag them. But, uh, I'll go, go either around or over the fence to that area and, and continue to try and track leading away. So what, does this go into the neighbor lady's yard or where does this go into? No, this is like on the side of the house where, you know, there's always the side of the house that has a real narrow uh-huh. portion of the yard. Yeah, that's where you're at. And then it looks like they went up over the little portion of fence that connects with the boarding house. And then on the other side of it would be the front yard and the and the street. Okay. Looking out so to the So it looks west. like they went around this way with uh, potentially with Petunia. Yeah, it looks like they climbed over that little portion of the fence with her. Is, is Petunia a small woman or is she... Like normal size, larger? No. Yeah, she's just okay. Just average size. Uh, I'm surprised. Uh, surprised we didn't hear anything. All right. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll go go over to the front then. And uh, do you want another track? Yeah. It's a regular success. If I need to, I'll spend the eight luck to make it a okay. hard. Well, you can tell. You pick up the tracks again on this side. I mean, they end at the sidewalk. So you can tell that they they came this way, and she was being dragged through the yard uh, up to the so sidewalk. Do, okay, Beyond I I, that, you uh, tell. I don't see anything, any dirt or anything uh, that looks like it may have turned or anything like that. No, what's, not once uh, you reach what's the across sidewalk. the street here. Is it just more houses, or is it open? It's a big, wide open space. It's the recreation ground. It's a giant playground. It's got swing sets and merry-go-rounds. It's a huge open area that people use for, you know, kids come and play here all the time. And people Are there any buildings or anything stuff. over that way? No, no. That that recreation ground is big, flat, uh, open ground, and then on the other uh, on the other side of it is a uh, cliff, a cliff. I uh, hope big to cliff face. That hope to the Lord, I'm wrong, tall. but uh, I'm gonna head over that way. And I'll uh, I'll keep an eye out for any more drag marks, but I'll uh, I'll head over towards the cliff area. Okay. All right. So you head over that way, and then uh, you will will need another track from you. As uh, I will, oh, can I push it with the? I guess push it with the uh, fail being that I, I'm unable to pick up any other tracks uh, past that front yard. I no matter what. Or no, no, you can push it, but the 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 failure, the consequences of the failure will become Uh-oh. known at a later time. <laughs> Hard success. Okay, 
So you get to the other side of the street and you enter this whole recreation ground area and it takes a while, but eventually you do pick up tracks again. They move into the recreation ground about halfway to where the swing sets and the merry-go-rounds are, and then they hmm. cut north. Away from the cliff or I guess parallel to the cliff? Okay. Yeah, it'd be parallel to it, yeah. And then that's that's just open open wilderness out there. That's the you know Okay. So if I could find another uh, another like stick or branch, something that makes it obvious is all I I wanna mark out the track that uh at the end of her property and then the, the where I can pick up the tracks on the, the wreck ground and where it turns as well. Just uh yeah. try and make it a little easier for the uh for the deputy once he gets here. But uh and also hopefully the uh you know, Robbie and and Oscar, but I'll start heading towards the wilderness area. And that was the last time that Tony was ever seen alive. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, you, you, you do those markings and then, um, you start following on that direction and then do a listen Uh-oh. for me. <laughs> and then, um, uh, nope. I'm, I'm too, uh, too engrossed in playing with sticks. Rob, do a luck roll in the tower for me, please. Okay. So, um, you know, you you quickly uh, lose sight of those tracks, Tony, and you're not able to pick them up again uh, as you're moving, you know, north through that recreation ground. And as a matter of fact, you lose them at right about the exact mark that the last street of the town ends. Uh, a block okay. past. So I'll, I'll, any that I can identify so, up to this uh, again, I, I want to just try and mark it with something. So, so that way the, there's, I guess there's some type of, of pathing, but uh, I'll, I'll spend a good, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'll spend a good couple hours out there if I've got the time before anybody finds me just uh, kind of combing back and forth. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you're doing that. And then Oscar, Let's have a listen roll from you. All right. Mm, read that wrong. That's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> okay. So you're walking down to Al's Best Automobiles, and uh, right when you get there, where you would turn off of the sidewalk into that lot, you hear the sound, uh, what sounds to you like screaming, uh, a man screaming coming from the the house on the opposite side of the street. So when you look that way, there's a house. It's a nice, you know, it's a nice house with a with a nice yard and a tire swing and uh, a, a car in the driveway even. But you don't see anything going on over there. But you, you could have swore that's where you heard the sound come from. Yeah, I'll head on over that way. Knock on the door. Okay. Yeah, so you you walk up to that house and knock on the door. You you wait for a few moments, and yeah, a woman comes and opens it. You know, she's a middle-aged woman, and she looks exactly like the housewife. That's what she looks like. A bit careworn, but she has a smile, and uh, it seems to you like a little bit of a blank look on her face. But she's got a mixing bowl in her arms, and she opens it, and she's like, yes, can I help you? I'll kind of look puzzled at that and uh sorry to disturb you but i 
I thought I heard a a scream come from here. Is everything all right? Almost uh, slipped into. <laughs> she's Clover's like, on that case. I'm sorry. You must be mistaken. Everything's fine here. Uh, so do a psychology roll. Mm-hmm. Ah, dang it. Yeah. So uh, there's a definite blankness to her look, but as you focus on it, trying to determine, you know, what it, it seems to you like it actually could be like she's drunk opiates or <laughs> yeah or she could be drunk which is not uncommon she just so, took some uh, uh cough medicine i don't see what's so wrong about that now with mm-hmm. heroin she's she's like i don't i'm not sure you must be mistaken everything's fine here and then behind her you can see come into the to the room there two girls that are about you'd guess 10 and they look identical so it's a set of twins and they have their you know, dresses on and they look very well put together, well taken care of. And, um, they, they come in and you can see that they're like team carrying a, uh, what looks like a large cutting board, but they come in and they see you and they, they smile and they, they wave at you. Oh, smile, wave back. But yeah, I mean, you don't, I mean, nothing seems wrong to you, but sorry, I guess I I must be a little bit on edge. Do a, Luck roll in the tower for me. Uh, um, yeah, so, you know, everything seems fine to you, but you look at those little girls there and you you happen to spot that what's on that cutting board that they're carrying, they've got a frog dissected with the little pins, mm-hmm. you know, like you do in school, but that's what they have. There's a, there's a dissected frog on there, which is, you know, it only catches your attention because generally... You wouldn't expect little girls to yeah. have a good time. Doing I wouldn't that, expect but. any child about ten to be doing that, yeah. probably, unless they probably have some sort of uh, affliction. But you don't see or hear anything else that might draw your attention. She's, um, you know, the the mother there is, you know, she's polite. She doesn't look, you know, like she's been harmed. She might be a little sauced up, but all right. Can I, based on? This being a location that I was pointed to, not this house, but this town. Start to say my hackles are thoroughly raised, though. <laughs> yeah, it, it's strange enough. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah. So I'll, uh, Char, I almost did it again. Uh, sorry to bug you. Uh, I didn't mean to disturb you, ma'am. Uh, have a nice day and same to your girls. Yeah, so, uh, she's like, yes, of course. And she goes to shut the door, but then, um, then the little girls are like, wait, mister. And they come up to you and they've got this frog and, um, you know, they look excited and they, they show it to you and they, they, they start talking about it. They're like, did you know that the, you know, and they start spitting out anatomy knowledge of the frog, right? Which do your, do your, do you have a biology or no, nature? It would be like natural world or something probably, which I don't have either. All right. So for you, we'll just do intelligence. All right. Uh, um, with a penalty. How do I do the penalty? Down in the left-hand corner. Little buttons. Okay. Uh, so just the one penalty die. Okay. So what's interesting to you is you know you remember enough from school to know what they're talking about, and it's you know it's remarkable that they, being ten, mm. that they know what they do about the frog, but they start talking about how they figured it out. Because they, you can see, and they're pointing to it. You can see here where this connects to this, and and the purpose of this is if they're this, and you know they're talking about 
stuff that I don't know in real life. So I'm just going to yeah. use the powers of the keeper to say that they surprise you with their knowledge of the workings of an amphibian. And then they start asking you questions about it. Yeah. And that's when they like, you're at the, the limit of your knowledge. So you're just like, well, I, sorry, I don't know. Sorry, I'm a writer. I, <laughs> yeah. And it's like they're immediately disappointed. Like their faces, they're all, they're cute, all American, blonde, pretty girls, you know, being sweet and polite and hey, mister. But when you don't know, like their faces just turn off and they're like clearly Done. disappointed. And then they just turn and they traipse on back through the kitchen. Those are some smart girls you got there, ma'am. Uh, yes, like we're very proud of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess I'll take my leave of you. All right. So that's, uh, yeah. So then. Um, I'll kind of look back over my shoulder as I'm walking away. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You don't see anything more uh, or hear anything, but it does definitely sticks in your mind as an odd encounter. Okay. And then Rob, so you're working on the cars. Yeah. You said he had a. Uh, work list for me. <laughs> yep. I'll explain. Hey, uh, Mr. Dabrowski, I don't know if this is all right, but if I get done quick today, you think I can duck out of here early? I'm a little worried about the lady I rent a room from. I haven't seen her all morning. So you, he's like, you know, you don't need to ask as soon as you get done. All right. Yeah. Cause I'll... he pays you by the job. Right. You know, well, if I can, I can't, but, uh, I'm going to try to double time it. Thanks, Mr. Dabrowski. So, uh, you know, he smiles. He's a friendly guy. He's been real nice to you. But then uh, he leaves you to it, and um, and you're working on these cars, and it's luckily pretty easy jobs today. And uh, so roll your mechanical repair. Now, this is really what I should have been doing with my life. But, <laughs> but uh, do a bonus. Oh, bonus? Can I do an after the fact? Yeah, yeah. Or I guess I could just re-roll it. Yeah, so 59. Yeah, I, uh, I'll just see it's one of those days like happens a lot for, you know, working types is you want to get done early, but it's just not happening. Well, but I'm know. not going to push it because I know you can't make, you can't cut corners like that. It'll just make it worse. Yeah. But hang on, put a, do a luck roll in the tower. Okay. All right. So you're not, you're not able to fix them, but it's because they need whole new parts. It's not because you don't. I know what to do. And so that's the luck of it is like you get to that point and then you can show Mr. Dobrowski, look, they, you, you know, they need a new, this needs a new hyperdrive. Hey boss, I can't finish this one today. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do nothing about gonna, this flux capacitor. Yeah. We're going to need a Karelian hyperdrive. <laughs> yeah. You need one. a cat, catalytic converters. And uh, so anyway, you know, people are still in those. So, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm going to have to put in for those parts. They're going to have this to This one needs while, magic so. beans, boss. Why don't you just pick up a bit and then you can uh, you can take off. And I'll have you put these together when we get the parts. All right, then. You want me back on Monday? Yeah. Yeah, that'll okay. be all right. I have some more stuff to do by then. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll clean up my space and a little more besides mm -hmm. and uh, punch out. Or... Yeah. And so you're about to do that when... Uh, when Oscar strolls into the yard there. And Oscar, you can see that he's just finishing up, cleaning some things up, putting some tools back. Looks like I caught you about the right time, Robbie. Yeah, a couple more minutes, Mr. Herman. Well, I just came to inform you that uh, 
your suspicions about uh, Miss Petunia were correct. I uh, knocked on her door after I got back to the boarding house, and there was no answer, so I went in, and she was gone, found some tracks on the floor, so I went to the cops. I just came from there. Oh, man. I had a bad feeling about today. Well, give me just a couple of minutes. I gotta clean up here. All right. I think I'll wait for him. Uh, and as I'm waiting, I'll kind of just people watch if there's any around. I think the town's starting to kind of act strange enough, and I'm supposed to be looking for something weird, so might as well start seeing if it was all in my head or if everyone's as weird as the uh, the old one or the the housewife. Yeah, do um do a put put a luck roll in the tower. Well, Mister Dabrowski's Polish, so you got to factor that in. <laughs> so the majority of the patronage that you see while you're waiting for him today. It doesn't seem to be people who live in the town. Okay. Like this is right at the edge of town, the last gas station for however long heading right northeast. Major so freeway. You see a lot of people stopping there to fill up or whatever, but you don't see anything that strikes you as strange. Then are you guys going to go right back to Petunia? Yeah. Okay. So, Tony, uh, after you lose that trail and you're heading back to Petunia's, that's when... Uh, Deputy Alexander shows up and, uh, you know, he starts looking around for himself, looking at the things that you point out to him. When you've got him over in the recreation yard and looking at where you lost the trail, that's when um, Rob and Oscar, uh, they reach the corner of that street that her house is on. And you can see across the street right over there that Tony's talking to that. Yeah, deputy. I'll be uh, just, you know, over there pointing out. Um, you know, I was able to, able to follow it right up until here. And, uh, you know, now with this wooded area though, it's not, not really my forte. Uh, I'm not sure where they went. If you got any, any, uh, any dogs or dags, if you got any dags out here that'll, uh, sniff her out, then, uh, that might be mm, our yeah. best, uh, best case here. As, uh, just uh, as as an aside as well, yeah. You know, are you with the name? Hold on, I gotta find it. Freddie Jensen. Okay, so yeah, you ask him that, and you can see immediately that he knows who you're talking about. His face darkens, and and he's like, "Yep, what's he got?" Well, to do with I I had heard some rumblings about town that uh, that he's typically up to no good. Is this uh, is this fit with what he? with what he normally does or gets up to? No, Freddie Jensen's just a hood. You know, he hassles people. He might steal some chickens or, you know, harass some girls in town. This is not not at all the sort of thing that that he's known for doing. He's does small he time. Does he have any uh, associates you know, or anything do... that uh, might get up to something, something as big time as this? No. Yeah, he's got a group of friends just as useless as him, but he's the leader. None of them do so much as sneeze without asking him first. So they don't they don't have nothing to do with this. Freddie doesn't do nothing but stuff you'd have to spend a night in the cell for. He says anyways, puts up his hand. He's like, I really appreciate you and your your friends bringing this to my attention, but I'll take over from here and uh, we'll carry on the investigation and let you know if sure we thing, find deputy. anything. Sure thing, deputy. Again, if I can be of any assistance, just please let me know. 
Will do. And I'll, Thank uh, you. I'll go and try and, and intercept uh, Oscar and Robbie. Let them know that uh, what I found, you know, the tracks go up into the woods here. But uh, unfortunately, I lost him. His uh, deputy's going to be poking around for a while, though. As he just got got out here, pretty much seen what I've seen. Uh, what about what time is it right now? This is about noonish. Well, you're, yeah. Okay. It's a well, I'll, I'll tell him. Uh, why don't we go? Why don't we head back to the house? Uh, Robbie's uh, friend next door uh, made us some sandwiches. It'll do us some good to uh, to think with some food in our bellies. I'll nod. But while we're kind of walking back, I'll uh, kind of try to broach the subject of. I'll be like, uh, "Have either of you two noticed that this town is rather?" Uh, odd? I'm starting to. Even when compared to, even when compared to other small towns, I know this place is odd. Even today. compared to large towns, <laughs> maybe I just got used to odd being on the train. A lot of weird guys, but yeah, I saw a dog die on the way to work. A little macabre, I know, but uh, <laughs> weird. You know, his legs had been cut off. You know, not not nod, not torn, but mm-hmm. cut. Like they were amputated. Right, but you know, bone. Even on a, even on a, what do you say, a large dog, medium-sized dog? Medium Who are dog, you talking yeah. to? Uh, <laughs> I've been hitting the head one too many times. Just ignore it. Oh, yeah. Where and, was you know, that about? It's not the easiest thing to do. On my way to work, just at the edge of town. You know, did you see? Uh, if you go that way, there's a house that burnt down, empty lot. I left him there in some bushes. Gonna have to go back and bury him later. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to go over and take a look at that. As well, uh, I think that I think the deputy is going to be tied up uh, around here for a little while. Yeah, I'm I'm not quite ready to let this go. As I was uh, walking over to meet you at your work, Robbie, I uh, I heard something. I thought it was a scream coming from a nearby house, but uh, the woman who answered the door didn't seem to have heard anything. But while I was about to leave, saying my goodbyes, her two daughters came out of their room, and uh, it's the weirdest thing. Uh, they could have been more than ten, but uh, they had dissected a frog they'd caught, had it on a cutting board, and uh, they knew more than I. <laughs> they knew more than I did about that thing. I I was struggling to keep up with them as they were naming off parts. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe they got a good school here in town. I heard some <laughs> kids being excited about a telescope professor when we were at the diner. I uh, seems sort of weird for kids, but. It does, doesn't it? The woman was kind of odd, too. Like, it's not unheard of for a housewife to have a nip or two before before noon, but I think she was going by the bottle, not the sip. Hmm. I don't know what to make of it. Yeah. All I know is I'm worried about Petunia. You you say you tracked her up into those woods there? Yeah, right up to the edge of town. Mr... Yeah, somebody, it, it, it's the oddest thing, as, and she wasn't an overly small woman, but it looks like someone had dragged her out of the house, uh, up over a fence, across that front yard, and across the street into that wreck area, and to the woods. I don't remember hearing anything, though. Yeah. I thought I heard something, but I was having bad dreams, so I couldn't make sense of it. Mm. Couldn't tell you the time or anything. Could have just been a dream. But I have a half a mind to go up there and poke around. I do want to stand by my word and um, take you driving around. 
take you to that Methodist church, though, so that's up to you, Mr. Herman. I think we can put it off for a day. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd like to see... Uh, I also got to work later, too. I'd <laughs> like to see where where this dog you found was. See how far away it was from uh, from where I lost them tracks into the woods. Uh, maybe we can... Uh, maybe it might lead back to something. Yeah, uh, I'll show you after we yeah, finish up uh, here. Tell him that, uh, yeah, Robbie, you, uh, you may want to stop by next door. Because I think you're the only reason why we got these uh, lovely sandwiches from from uh, you know, the neighbor there. Yeah, yeah, I might be lacking humility, but I think she might have a thing for yeah, me. I seems don't know. Like she's a bit sweet on <laughs> you. Get myself in any trouble. Poor woman, she must be blind. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> but uh, at least she can still make a decent sandwich. <laughs> I was going to have to wait for now. Why don't we finish up here and I'll, I'll walk you to that dog. Yeah. Mr. Spates. Uh, I appreciate that. All right, so you're going to go. Yeah, I've been finished with my sandwich long before they were. Okay. All right, so let's back up for a second. <laughs> so um, you guys showed up and you're talking. Yeah, You see that the deputy spent some time, you know, just a couple of minutes milling around out there. And sometimes it doesn't even look like he's looking at the ground before he leaves. Just goes and gets in his car and leaves. He spends most of the time watching clouds. He's laying yeah, down not, in the yeah. grass in the wreck area. Doesn't seem like he's being very effective. But I don't know much about police work, but I do know what half-assing <laughs> looks like. It's some grade A half-assed. You, are you guys going to eat uh, in the house? Yeah. The I mean, probably is. not if he's looking around there. No, he's not looking around in the house. Anymore. It was just in the it yard. Was, he was looking. He already did that part. So. Yeah. Then I guess at the you said there was a breakfast table or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'd yeah. probably eat inside. It's, okay. Because even if it's warm for February, it's still it's, February. Uh, get a right. cold bottle of yeah. suds or something. So yeah, it's about probably just about five minutes um, after the deputy leaves, and you guys are sitting at that table eating these sandwiches, and um, let's have everybody do a listen. Nope. Old Mr. Herman. Those boxes next to the skills are for checking ones that you succeeded. Yeah. Okay, just making sure it didn't have yeah. some other function. All right, so you guys are eating your sandwiches, and then Oscar, you think you hear something coming from down the hall around by the back door, maybe. Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of look up from my sandwich and out of, is it like, which, like, if I was to, like, look past someone, could I see... No, you've got like this kitchen and then this dining area space and then and then a hallway that is like set into the the kitchen portion. Okay. So you'd have to walk through the kitchen and then you'd reach the hallway and, and you basically got to turn into the hallway and then you know that that hallway goes down towards the back door and it branches off to either side at the back porch area. It's like covered. And it branches off to either side, and there's a row of rooms on either side okay. where your guys' rooms are. So Yeah, I'll uh, I'll kind of make it obvious that I heard something. I'll excuse myself from the table uh, okay. and uh, make my way off that way. Yeah, I'll think I hear something. I'll be right back. Yeah, I'll be a little wired up. I'll kind of jump out. What'd you hear? I'll put my finger to my lips. So I'll just continue to observe. And I'll try to go. Yeah, and I'll try to go quiet so that way if 
there is something out there, I can sneak it or at least try to. Uh, um, okay. Yeah. So you get up and you go through the kitchen and you turn around that, uh, you turn into that hallway and you're looking straight down it towards where the back door is right now. You don't, you don't see anything there, but that back screen door is open. It's like, it's like it does that lazy swing from the breeze if it's not latched. Okay. Just the wind. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, you're looking down that way and that's what it seems like to you. It's like, okay, the, the screen door is not latched. So the breeze is making it, but then something walks around the corner, you know, from, from out of view walks into view and it's looking at you and that's a, a person. All right. So, um, there's a, a man there and He's emaciated and completely filthy, and he's got tattered remains of what used to be clothes hanging from his body, and his body's caked in filth, and you can actually smell him once you see him. The smell is terrible. His eyes are all dull and soulless, but his expression is desperate and violent, and so as soon as he sees you, he lets out a feral, like, inhuman scream and launches straight for you, so... And you guys... You don't see it, obviously. You can still see Oscar in the kitchen looking down that hallway, but you hear that sound of someone screaming and feet pounding on the floor. Yeah, so anyway, he comes, and he doesn't have a weapon, Oscar, so he comes running straight at you with, like, his hands and his teeth, but he's going to do a, you know, he's going to attack you. So then you can decide to attack back or dodge. <laughs> Dodge was not on my list of skills, well, so it's attack back. One on the, uh, main <laughs> I'll use my brawl. Tab. No, there is. Oh. <laughs> it's just that it wasn't one that I could put points to, so it's a twenty. <laughs> just use throw. Mm-hmm. Okay, you uh, you're gonna fight back. Yeah. Okay, do your brawl. Oh, we got an extreme success. <laughs> Cut your <laughs> juggler with sharpened nails. <laughs> So he launches this attack at you and you try to, uh, you know, fight back, but, but he does actually get a, you know, essentially ends up scratching your face and he's trying to pull you, like grab a hold of you so he can pull you away, Oscar. All right. And see. So then you could go. All right. Yeah. I guess I'll try to fight back. Nice. I can't target him, by the way. So here, let me. There There you go. go. All right. So then he'll. Try to dodge, but you got an ex. Okay, you got a hard success. Okay, so he's not dodging you. So right. you can go ahead and do some damage to him. Okay. Uh, could I have tried to have uh, like lock him up or do something else instead of damage? Yeah, you can try to do maneuvers like like that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll try to get him on the ground and lock his arm up. Okay. Call for Rob. <laughs> Put down that sandwich, Rob. <laughs> Actually, the sandwich might be big enough to count as a weapon. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys see now what's attacking Oscar, and uh, they're over there. And you locked up his arms or something like that? Yeah, I tried to take him to the ground. Okay. Is what I'm figuring, or something akin to that. Or got behind him with the his main arm behind his back or whatever. I don't quite know what all I can do for maneuvers. It's just, it's not technique, it's goal. Oh, okay. right. So it's just whatever, whatever position you want them to be in at the end of it. And then the, obviously the keeper adjudicates, but they don't right. have like techniques. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you're doing a maneuver, let's see, what's your build? 
Zero? No, yours, yeah. Yeah, 55, yeah, zero. Zero, okay. All right, so there's no difference there. Yeah, and so you're trying to, like, tie him up, like, clinch him up? Yeah. Okay. All right, so, yeah, you managed to get, like, his, you know, a wrist lock on him and get his arm behind his back, and he's screaming and trying to bite. And then uh, Rumble, I think you'd go next, right? Your dex is... Looks like Mr. Spates is... Or no, yeah, Tony, 70. so your move. So you have to target him. There's on the on the uh, combat tracker because we're not going to do maps okay. most of the so, time. So seeing, so this guy comes running out of the hallway at at Oscar, and Oscar just uh, punched him, or he's got him tangled up. Yeah, tangled he's up. got like his he's got his wrist and and he's put his arm behind his back, and he's trying to you know oh, subdue well, him that way. Perfect opportunity for me to come in and. Do something to him. <laughs> I don't know how to target him on here, though. Control left-clicked him on the combat tracker. All right. So, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll move in and try and subdue him with uh, a punch to the face. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Success. So, he'll try and dodge. Okay. All right. Do your damage there. Four punch damage. Yeah. So, Tony runs up and... Punches him right in the face there, and it snaps his head back, but he's still fighting like hell. And then, Rob, your turn. Rob, oh, right, sure I need you to <laughs> incapacitate this guy with a like punch to the face. <laughs> Mr. Spates is a pretty good boxer himself. I want to take a look at his feet as I come up there. They're bare. Muddy. Muddy and bare, yep. Hey, this is the guy. Be careful. But, <laughs> saying that, <laughs> I'll uh, see he needs some more softening up, too. So I guess you got him behind the back, and we're just all throwing hooks <laughs> yeah. in his body. Yeah, I'll throw a shot in there. Uh, you got to get him in the liver, Mr. Spates. Liver's got a lot of nerve endings. <laughs> you get hurt there, it really hurts. <laughs> oh, 92. <laughs> but, uh, he's juking and jiving too much. If I talk trash before I shot it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he's just flarbing around too much and flailing, screaming, so you're not able to get a good blow there. Yeah, just hold it back for fear of hitting somebody else. All right, so you're doing that, and then... So with maneuvers, is it um, like I attempt to do a thing? Or like would I be giving him a penalty on attack or something? Like, or how's that work? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, so this is what you guys are doing, and then... You know, Oscar, you've got his wrist and you're trying to get him locked up. And then out of nowhere, you just, you you all hear a deafening bang, bang, bang. And this guy's head just evaporates. And uh, you guys, you hear that. It's like deafening inside the house. But you look at that back door and there's Deputy Alexander there. <laughs> and he's got his Damn pistol in hand and he just splattered this guy's brain. God, remind me not to get yeah. on the wrong side of law around here. Yeah, so that body goes limp in your arms, Oscar. And, you know, there's blood sprayed all over the walls. And, you know, Deputy just holsters his pistol and saunters in. He's like, well, somebody nearby called and said they seen a crazy man running into the house. So we, uh, we, thanks, we had Deputy, another I think control. we got a problem now because this was the guy. All right. Well, I got it under control. I'm the law here. 
and uh, I appreciate you used to do it, but you don't anymore, and this is my town. Now he's Not dead meaning any done. disrespect, Deputy yeah. Alexander, but how exactly are how exactly is he supposed to answer any questions about Petunia? Yeah, well, best leave the investigation to me. This is a crime scene. They need you boys to clear out. Yeah, I'll kind of give uh, these two a look. Mind and if I wash up real quick? I'll try to disarm the pointed question, and I'll be like, ah, you're right. Uh, sorry about that. We're just a little on edge. On account of the fight and you shooting past our heads and all. But uh, we'll clear out. No problem. Well, that's understandable. And uh, I apologize you had to witness this. This really is a nice town. This is not something that happens here. I'm not sure what happened to this man. And he, like, he's, like, lazily, you know, trying to tow, like, the man's head around so he can see. But there's not enough. <laughs> so, you know, not sure who that was. This is normally a thing that happens here. So... Hope this doesn't sour your your uh, your feelings on our town here. But someone will be by to collect the body. I better go give him a call. Make sure you don't touch anything. And then he just walks like back outside, goes around towards his car, which is parked in front. So, you guys ever seen anything like that before? Um, no. <laughs> I mean, that was uh, yeah. I. I mean, we had that a, a guy. Hell of a shot, I guess. But uh, uh, I think, I think it might have been a little over the line for what was what was called for there. So it's minutes later when a truck pulls up and uh, somebody steps out of it, uh, pulls up out front, and uh, or sorry, doesn't pull. A truck approaches. And then takes a turn on the road and then backs right up into the yard up to the front door. And a man steps out of it. And um, this is clearly not a mortuary vehicle. And the dude who steps out is clearly not a mortuary or hospital worker. And he doesn't conduct himself in anything approaching a professional manner. He steps out, you know, he spits, he's, you know, big glob of chew on the porch and walks in and literally grabs the ankle of that body and drags it through the house out the front door. Any uh, markings on the truck? No, no, this is just a normal truck. Robbie, go warm up the car. <laughs> you got it. I yeah, guess. so he gets that corpse out and then he pulls in a t uh, like a filthy tarp out of the truck and he rolls the body up in it and just slings the the body into the back of his truck and uh the the deputy deputy alexander's watching and you know supervising and uh they don't really even say anything to each other the guy gets back in his truck and takes off turns down the road and disappears well follow that tr truck robbie <laughs> i want that's why i was having him warm up the car mm. is a uh, this is weird. Yeah. Yeah. This is it's all uh, weird. <laughs> this is uh, extremely strange. But seeing as how Crackshot Alexander just ev eviscerated somebody's head, yeah, I'll, I, I want to try and run a little interference if I can, if I hear what's going on as far as him telling him to go warm up the, uh, the car and, and uh, I'll try and engage the uh, deputy in, in his uh, crack shot shooting skills. And I've never seen anything like that. It was such a small window. 
that you had to uh, to make that shot without uh, you know fatal error and like three right in a row like that. Is uh, how long do you spend out on the uh, at the ranges or out shooting? Okay, so yeah, you start you start talking to him, and the thing is like his whole demeanor is is like he could not possibly care less about what's going on here. It's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Grew up shooting. Everyone's taught by my old man. So careful, Mister Spates. Only a player character smokes a guy like that yeah. and acts that way. <laughs> but he's got yeah. He's 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 got that demeanor. He's like he he looks down and he's like, ah, oh, damn it! Would you look at that? And that's the most emotion you've seen out of him. And he pulls out a handkerchief and he wipes some brain matter off of his boot. He's like, yeah, that's a hassle. But like I said, I hope this doesn't sound not at all. I mean, that was a that was a quick resolution to a to an unfortunate event. So he takes his leave then, and he goes to get into his police car and put put a luck roll in the tower for me, John, or all. Now he's gonna find that I'm a wanted man in three states, according to him. Yeah. So you you watch him. He goes and he gets into his car. And as as he does, he's like saying bye to you, and he's like, well, "Don't worry, Freddie will take care of the body." And then he starts up his <laughs> car and he takes off. All right. Well, I go and uh, and clean myself off. See if those two come back. If they don't, then I'm gonna. But it just caught yeah, your attention Freddy. because yeah, there was a Freddie. As, uh, that's why I'm about, hoping yeah. they come back pretty soon. I I I will. Uh, it, if they don't come back by the time they're I'm done cleaning myself up, I'll start cleaning up the mess. As uh, if if Petunia is still amongst the living, as it's the least we can do for uh, yeah all the trouble that she's been through so far. But I'll wait for those guys to come back so we can get an idea of where where Mister Freddy lives. Okay, and you guys are following him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And so- I'll be kind of giving him. Like maybe tips. I don't know what you're driving. It's driving. Seventy-five. Oh yeah, you're good at it. So uh, best I can be. Yeah, I'll be like you know. Uh, I I'll start trying to give you tips, but when I see that you're probably able to do it, you know, like you'd want to stay. I mean, it's country road, so you're gonna have to stay as far back as possible and all that stuff. But looks like you've got it. So. Managed to drift all the way. Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So are you are you gonna make efforts to you know? Not let him know that you're following him, or yeah, what? I That's, mean, I'll try to stay yeah. back. That's okay. what I'll tell him. That's what he'd been saying. So, all right, so let's uh, do a do your drive auto for me. Oh, I thought I was seventy five. I guess it's only seventy. Bragged a little bit about it. Hard success. Nice. Okay. All right. So then you uh, take off following uh, the the man in the truck with corpse in the back there, and like uh, that's a good good part to stop for this session. A good right. point to stop. We'll pick Thank it up you, again next time. As I uh, am um, yeah, very, uh, very intrigued by your creepy ass town, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to punch everybody. This has been a Death Watch production. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.